This is Startup Life Hacks, episode 26. If you want to be successful in anything that you do, you need to be outward thinking. You need to support the people that are eventually going to support you. Welcome. Welcome to Startup Life Hacks. Ever wondered if you have what it takes to start a business? Join us as we share with you inspiring stories from these amazing entrepreneurs. Let their journeys bring you one step closer to achieving success. And now, here's your host, Romel Cabal. What is up, Hacker Nation? This is Romel Cabal, and welcome to Startup Life Hacks, the show where I interview startup founders and entrepreneurs to give you the extra boost to start something amazing. Be sure to stick around. We've got a special treat at the end of the episode that you would not want to miss out on. Speaking of amazing, I met our next guest at an Entrepreneur Society event right here at San Diego State University. He gave a talk on how to live an amazing life by using their acronym SAVERS where he will describe in a few moments. Just five minutes into his talk, he was already jumping around and had a ton of energy. That's when I knew that I wanted to get this guy on my show. He's the co-founder and chief strategy officer at Tower 33 Digital, a digital advertising agency that focuses on helping small brands drive results and be seen online. So please welcome to the mic, Gary Ware. Gary, before we get into how you teach people on the how to live an amazing life, Please give a quick background as to what made you who you are today. Wow. Uh, yeah, first first and foremost, thank you for having me on the show. I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I know that my story specifically will probably resonate with a lot of the listeners on the podcast. And yeah, I'm excited to give back. So as far as how I became who I am today, um, you know, we were chatting a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, I come from a background. My dad was in the Navy. So it was all about discipline. And when I went through high school, I did a lot of extracurricular activities. I was in a JROTC. I was in the band. I ended up being a drum major. I played sports. Um, and I don't necessarily think that if you want to be a successful entrepreneur that you need to follow all those footsteps. I think what you need to look for is what are the common denominators. And the most important things is that I surrounded myself with people that had similar aspirations um, as myself and people that pushed me to become better. Uh, because, yeah, you know, anyone can be as part of a group. Um, you know, we all strive to be part of a group. But if, you're, if the group is not making you better, I feel that that group is pulling you down. So um, I feel that I've been able to reach the levels of success that I have thus far and the potential that I have to going forward is because I've always surrounded myself with people that believed in me, that uh, pushed me to become better and, you know, helped me become a leader. So I've did a lot of personal development. Um, I didn't always, it's funny thinking back, um, I didn't always think that, um, you know, um, I should always be growing. In fact, I didn't necessarily enjoy school um, as much. I, I really enjoyed the social aspect of school. I enjoyed connecting with people. I enjoyed um, all the extracurricular, extracurricular activities. But the whole point of, you know, school and education, it, it wasn't um, something that I was really good at. Uh, but looking back, uh, you know, I wouldn't have trade anything for that. I, I feel the experiences that I went through have made me the person that I am today. 
now you talked about people who who kind of push you forward to be better. Now, did you have any type of mentorship while you were growing up, especially when you're starting out as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so um, it it was something that I fell into by accident, and so all the people that I look up to, they've always said, you know, make sure you get mentors, make sure you get mentors, and. I was uh, a a little cocky, uh, a little stubborn, and I was like, you know, why do I need why do I need um, you know more people to tell me what to do? Uh, but again, looking back, it was the people that saw something in me that I didn't see that really stuck with me and um, you know pushed me to become better. So when I was in school, uh, I ended up going to San Diego State, go Aztecs. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I was at uh, San Diego State for. Uh, about a year and a half, two years. And at the time I started studying music, uh, music education to be specific, and then someone told me, uh, I was very driven on becoming a music teacher. And someone said, well, you know, with all the arts programs uh, being cut, you know, the chances of you becoming a, a music teacher is, you know, is, you probably have a better chance of winning the lottery. And I didn't want to do anything other than teach music. I didn't want to teach social studies. I didn't want to teach math. And so I started thinking about, well, what else do I like to do? And at the time, you know, this was the late 90s, and I really loved um, making websites. It was before Facebook. It was before social media got, um, was taking off. So I was doing it by hand. And San Diego State didn't, at the time, didn't have a really good advertising sort of graphic arts program. They had computer science, but they didn't have anything in multimedia. Um, and the Art Institute down in San Diego wasn't uh, fully developed yet. So I ended up going to the Art Institute uh, in Santa Monica. And I had a number of teachers that saw something in me that I didn't see. And they really pushed me. And I, at the time, I thought they were being hard on me. Um, I'm like, man, why don't they get it? Um, and they were really pushing me to refine my work and to, and to really hone my craft. And at the time, I just thought that they were you know, picking on me or like, you know, they were just being hard on me, but they, they really saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And for that, I'm, I'm ever so grateful. And those teachers ended up helping me get that start that I needed outside of college. Um, helped me get that first internship, um, at Deutsch, which is a, a large agency in Los Angeles, which ended up turning into a freelance gig. Um, and I ended up finding other work because of that. And then other jobs that I had, you know, I've had managers. I've had good managers and bad managers. But the ones that really left an impact on me are the ones that did more than just be my boss and, and say, I need you to do this. Again, they they saw something in me and they wanted me to be better. So they ended up, you know, again, being a really good friend. I'm still in touch with a lot of them um, today. And they've... You know, they've um, recommended that I um, keep bettering my education and and pursuing my craft and and making things better. So I've I've had those, and then once I started, um, you know, moving along my career and I I jumped into digital advertising. Um, this was back in the early two thousands when Google was still, you know, they they were growing, but they weren't the giant that they were today. Again, Facebook wasn't what it was today. Social media wasn't what it was today. And all this stuff was brand new. So all the stuff that I learned in school was essentially obsolete. And if I would have been like a lot of people that I went to school with, I would have got disgruntled and given up. But 
I kept learning and I experimented and I found people that knew more than I did. And even some of those people were younger than me. And I just was like a sponge and I just wanted to soak up as much education as I could uh, because I was so passionate about learning um, and just learning as much as I could. And a lot of the mentors that I found helped me to be disciplined, helped me to, to just refine my daily habits, refined um, my processes and, and keep learning. And as a result, I became very agile. I didn't just get settled on one thing. Um, I, I read something recently that said the best entrepreneurs are T-shaped. And what I mean by T-shaped is they have an extreme knowledge in one area, but they have a broad reaching audience, um, experience in other areas. And that's what I became. And what I like to say is I'm really good at marketing and communications with people, whether it's digital marketing or traditional marketing. I've so passionate about learning what makes people tick and what gets people to do things. If social media were to die today, I feel very confident that I would still be able to do what I do best. Mm -hmm. And it's really the relationships that you built with these people that have been where you wanted to be in life that help you push forward to be better. And like you said, you, you're still friends with them today. Yep, correct. And and that's why I feel very strongly about you know being on shows like this and giving back and mentoring. Because the people that have mentored and helped me get a leg up, they didn't have to do it. You know, they weren't obligated to help me. Again, they saw something in me that I didn't see in myself, and they helped me see that. And I am forever, you know, in their debt as a result of it. And I feel that, you know, it's our responsibility. I, I, I heard this in a, in a book um, by uh, uh, the name's... Uh, escape me. I'll probably remember before the end of the podcast. But the quote was essentially, life supports that which supports life. And if you think about it, if you want to be successful in anything that you do, you need to be outward thinking. You need to support the people that are eventually going to support you. And if you are... Um, you know, if you if you give, you know, it's karma. You know, if, if you help other people, if you provide value and you're not... Uh, you know, selfish, um, it will come back to you. And, and I know, uh, a lot of, uh, young entrepreneurs, you know, you're like, I don't, you don't get it, Gary. You know, I need, I, I need to make money because I need, I need a place to live. I, yeah, I, I totally get it. I, I was there. I was, you know, 15, $20,000 in credit card debt, student loan debt, and, um, you know, living on top ramen. I, I, I know exactly <laughs> where you're coming from. And again, that's why I'm, here on shows like this, because I, I believe that if I can give anyone any you know bit of advice that's going to help them is to you know to just trust the process and have faith in the process. Because I was stubborn. Um, if I would have listened uh, full out and taken the advice that was given to me, rather than um, you know think that I knew everything and and try to learn for myself, I would have been further along. But again, it's it's one of those things where you you can't have regrets because. It allowed me to learn. Um, however, if you're listening to this, um, you know, take take the advice from the guy who's done it, who's been there, and um, you know, and use that as a stepping stone to get to your next destination. Exactly. Now, this is a pretty common theme in entrepreneurship. You know, it's difficult to get some time off for yourself. You know, as an entrepreneur, when you're constantly learning new skills, interacting with customers. I mean, you mentioned that you were in a band. 
But it's imperative that you take some time off to to cool off and do your own thing. So with that being said, what are a few of your favorite hobbies? Yeah. Um, so a few of my favorite hobbies, um, one is doing improvisation. Um, it's funny because it started as a hobby and it started as a way to better my personal, uh, or sorry, uh, public speaking skills. A mentor of mine told me to take an improv class because I didn't like Toastmasters. And then I fell in love with it so much uh, that now it's becoming um, like more than a hobby. I'm actually getting paid to do improv. I'm getting paid to lead workshops. And for those of you who are listening who are not familiar with improv, I tell everyone, um, it's just like that show on television, Whose Line Is It Anyway, you know, with Wayne Brady and whatnot, where they do these silly games. Uh, they take suggestions and they make things up on the spot. Um, a lot of people, you know, when they think of improv, they think of stand-up comedy. Um, it's similar in some regards in, in that you're performing uh, for an audience, uh, but it's different because um, whereas some stand-up comedians do um, bits off the cuff where they're just interacting with the audience, um, not all of them do. A lot of it is written material. Uh, but mm -hmm. with improvisation, it's completely made up. You know, there's a group of us, we get a suggestion from an audience, and sometimes we do a one-act play, sometimes we do goofy games, but it's every time is completely different. And so I tell people, um, you can go to, you know, see the same team do improv three or four different times, and every time is going to be a new experience. So that's one of my hobbies. I really enjoy doing that. Um, it allows me to, to be creative and let loose. Um, another hobby that I've gotten into recently is drawing. I never really considered myself an artist per se. Uh, I never, you know, I wasn't always the best um, drawer, but it, there's something about doodling that just allows me to free my mind and 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 again, um, you know, be creative. It gives me a creative outlet, and I feel like at the same time I'm growing. Um, uh, so I doodle. I, I make it a point to to do some sort of doodling every day. Um, I draw these little robot things, um, and they're called Brave Bots. Essentially, I uh, another mentor of mine that I met at a conference. His name is Gary Hirsch. Um, he invented them, and he's an improviser as well. And improvisers, you'll find, are very supportive and collaborative. And he's like, "Hey, I want everyone to steal this idea and make lots of them and share them." And so, basically, what Brave Bots are, think of them as little. Um, robots uh, they're made out of domino pieces um, they're on the back mm -hmm. of dominoes and think of them as like a, a robot that just sits on your dresser or sits on your desk and gives you the inspiration that you need at the moment that you need it so um, brave bots um, help you become brave and, and take brave leaps um, you know as an entrepreneur is something that um, bravery is something encouraged is something that we need uh, because a lot of it's uncertain and unknown um, and so I, like I draw them uh, with little oil paints and uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very relaxing, therapeutic. Um, and there's other sort of bots, not just brave bots, there's inspiration bots. It's all made up um, and they're all weird <laughs> and anyone can do them. And in fact, uh, Ramel, I'll shoot you a link uh, to a video that he did if, and you can put it in your show notes or whatnot in case anyone's interested in them. Uh, oh, sure. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's some of the things that I do, um, you know, to, to relax and unwind. And my office is in, in Encinitas. We're 624 feet from the ocean. So um, I make it a point every day to at least, you know, get out and walk around and, and, and see the Pacific Ocean because I think, you know, so many people um, are landlocked and, and don't 
get the ability to see something as beautiful as, um, you know, the water um, and a sunset over the ocean. So uh, a lot of times I take that for granted. So, you know, it's a good refresher. Yeah, we're so spoiled. Like we live in San Diego. So. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Five and sunny. Uh, you know, right, right now it's it's uh, almost December 1st and, and it's, it, it's barely getting chilly. And, and Yeah, we're putting on sweaters <laughs> at 70 degree weather. <laughs> right? Exactly. In some parts of the country, it's completely snowed in. Yeah. <laughs> Now tell me more about this savers thing and how will our listeners, how will we'll help them live an amazing life? Yeah. Okay. So think of it like this. Um, before I even get into what the technique of savers, uh, I want to preface it like this. Um, if there was something that you can do that would be almost like the elixir of life, um, where if you did it every day, you took it, it's a magical pill and it will give you what you need to thrive, you know, to live your best life, you know, wouldn't you want to do that? And I, and I, of course. of course, you know, I ask that question, you know, to everyone. And that's essentially what this does. Um, so I learned this. I didn't invent this. I, I learned it, um, you know, from a book called Miracle Morning uh, by a gentleman by the name of Hal Elrod. And um, I had a similar story with Hal in that Hal, um, his story is so, like, my story is, like, doesn't even compare to his. But, like, I I can, you know, really feel his sentiment and, and why he was driven to do this, but with how his first sort of thing happened when he was in a head-on collision uh, with this truck driver that um, sort of dozed off at the wheel and hit him and his girlfriend at the time, um, and he essentially died. He like bled out on the scene, and it was a miracle that the um, paramedics were able to revive him, and he overcame that. And and because he overcame that, you know, he wrote a book about it. You know, called he called it "Living Life Head On." I think it's called. Um, and, you know, he had a full recovery. And then after that, um, he ran these successful businesses. He was in sales. Um, he did all these things. Uh, but then he ended up reaching rock bottom again. And the second time was worse than the first because in the first, when he hit rock bottom because he was in head-on collision, he had the full support of his family and everything. And he had a, like, I guess, not really an excuse, but he was – he was hit, you know, head on by a truck. Um, so he had mm -hmm. to recover from that. But the second time was just because he was, he reached burnout. And it's one thing as an entrepreneur, you know, we're all driven uh, for success and, and we, we feel like that we're immortal. And, you know, if we don't satisfy our basic needs of rest and nutrition and, and play and, you know, and, and love and, and friendship and stuff like that, you know, we'll, or body will lack them and, and it'll start to shut down. And that's what happened to him. And he just reached a point of rock bottom and he didn't know what was wrong with him. And someone said, well, why don't you just go take a run? You know, it will help you. And, you know, ask anyone that's depressed, you know, or, or, or <laughs> upset. And, and if you just tell them, just smile, smile, be happy. Like they, they will look at you with daggers, <laughs> you know, like you don't get it. And however, you know, the advice was sound. So he went, you know, he he reached a point where he just couldn't take it anymore. It's like, you know what? I'm just, just going to go for a run. And he magically just started feeling better. And then he just said, you know what? I'm going to make it a habit to start to do some of these things that, quote, unquote, scientifically have been proven um, to make, you know, make your life better. And so that's where the whole SAVERS um, uh, sort of acronym comes from. And it's part of my morning uh, ritual. So I get up. Um, at 5.30, give or take, you know, every day. And I go through this process. And I'm not telling everyone that you should get up at 5.30. I'm just saying that 
studies show that if you commit to doing something like this first part of your day is going to be, you know, you're going to start your day off on the right foot and it's going to give you the energy and the, you know, quote unquote drugs, you know, the mental drugs that you need to get through the day. And as an entrepreneur, you know, someone that, especially if you're trying to run a business and you're trying to wear lots of hats, you need to take care of yourself. And so what the acronym is called SAVERS, S-A-V-E-R-S, and it's easy to remember. Um, and so I'll say what they are, and then I'll go into more detail. So S stands for silence, moments of silence, so meditation, prayer. Um, A is affirmations. Uh, v is visualizations. E is exercise. R is reading, and S is scribing or journaling. Um, and so I do that in some way, shape, or form every day. Um, I try to do it first thing in the morning, or at least a good bit of them first thing in the morning, uh, but I commit to do it every day. And it's one of those things where if you can, you know, I started off around this time last year, um, you know, I, I reached this sort of point of burnout. Uh, Tower 33 was just started and and I was, f you know, fresh, uh, you know, it was all fresh and, and we were wearing a lot of hats. It was just three of us. And I was reaching this point of burnout and I was just reading some books and then I came across this and I said, you know what, I'm just going to give it a shot. And I committed to doing it 30 days um, you know, just to give it a shot, you know, experiment, you know, if it didn't work, it didn't work. Um, and then now, you know, I'm happy to report that, you know, I've almost consecutively done it 365 days. Um, wow. and again, once you start seeing the benefits of it, it's something where you, you know, you can't stop. It becomes who you are. So as far as the process in detail, um, S as far as moment of silence, you know, it's just meditation or prayer or, or, you know, simple as just focusing on your breath for a you know, minimum of two minutes. And, you know, think about it when you're running 120 miles per hour, you know, we don't get a moment to ourselves. And so this allows us to like really uh, calm ourselves, center ourselves and studies show that when people learn to meditate, they actually change the neural pathways in their brain and it allows them to make better connections and, and see things that they couldn't see before. Mm -hmm. And prior to doing this, I didn't think I can meditate. You know, I was like, I, I'm very ADHD. Um, I'm actually diagnosed with ADHD. And I just think like, you know what? I have so much stuff going in my head. Uh, I, I can't, you know, two minutes, like, you know, 20 seconds. You can't just sit down. I just can't right? sit down. Like, I, I got to go. I got to go. Um, but again, you know, looking at the research and, and, and especially someone that has ADHD, you know, it's been proven that that actually helps you focus a bit more and settle things down. So I, I said, you know what, I'm, I'm committed to doing this. So I, I started with two minutes and after a few days, I actually started, um, you know, realizing that I was making connections that I weren't making before I was able to focus a bit longer. Um, you know, I was seeing the benefits just after a few days and, you know, now, you know, 30 days, 300 something days, it, it becomes who I am. Um, so I meditate now a minimum of 10 minutes a day. And then anytime I need, um, a break from what I'm doing, just a sort of interrupt, um, I'll take two minutes. I'll set my iPhone for two minutes. I'll close my eyes and just focus on my breath for two minutes. And then as far as the meditation that I do, I do guided meditation. There's an app called um, Headspace. Uh, get some Headspace. It taught me how to meditate the right way. Um, if you've ever learned, if you ever tried meditating and felt like a failure, 
um, it's because you probably didn't know how to meditate. And I thought that you need to get to the state of OM, you know, where thoughts don't come into your head. Um, in fact, that's false. Um, there will always be thoughts and things that come into your head because that's how your brain works. Your brain is there to protect you. And so, you know, as you start to, you know, get this, you know, peacefulness, something's going to pop into your head. And it's all about instead of getting mad at yourself saying, oh, my gosh, there's another thought. It's, oh, I'm thinking, okay, you know what? Let me focus on my breath again and, and you know, keep going. I made it into a game of, like, how quickly can I notice that I'm thinking and then how quickly can I get back to just focusing on my breath? Hmm. So that's S. And, you know, I use meditation. Some people, um, if you're extremely religious, prayer, um, or just, again, you don't have to be religious or anything like that. Just taking a moment to yourself and, and just you know, focusing on your breath. It's again, scientifically proven. There's a lot of research out there. Um, I know from my own experience that it works. Um, and then the second one, a is for affirmations. Now affirmations, um, a lot of times when people think of affirmations, they, you know, they think of, um, a lot of woo woo sort of like spiritual uh, type of affirmations. And they said, you know, I don't believe in that stuff. And I, anytime I'm given a talk and I'm talking about my morning ritual and I talk about affirmations, I say, you know, think about it like this. Um, a lot of times, especially if you don't think affirmations work, um, believe it or not, you are actually performing affirmations. Um, when, you know, think about a time when you were really stressed out or a time when you had something big on the line and, and you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do it. You're actually telling your brain that you don't think you can do it. And that's an affirmation. So wouldn't it be more intelligent to tell your brain something that's more uplifting, something that is more um, that is going to help you get the things that you want? Now, as far as choosing the right affirmation, um, I just I did, you know, did like what anyone else would do. I did some Google searches and I, and I found a whole bunch of affirmations that worked for me. It took me a while to get a few. Um, and one of the ones that I say every day is that I thrive to be um, – I thrive to can only compare myself to the person I was yesterday and to be better than I was. Uh, that's paraphrasing. But again, the affirmations that I say are there to serve me. And when it, when it comes to affirmations, a lot of times people say, you know, it just doesn't work. It doesn't feel right. Like when I say, you know, I thrive to be more organized and punctual and, and um, you know, less demanding, you know, whatever it is, like, yeah, your body's going to give you a reaction because that's not who you are yet. However, the way that I say it as a way to get around it, um, you know, you can say something, you know, around the lines of I thrive to be X, you know, a little bit more every day. And then your body, you know, just listen to your body. Your body's going to be like, all right, I can get behind that. Uh, because yeah, if you say something that's not true, you're, you're going to get a feeling, you know, like, oh, that's not me. I, I, you know, I'm not being congruent to who I am, but the thing is, you know, yeah, you're not there yet. And so it's just, again, the whole point of affirmations is to give yourself a reminder that it's okay. You know, you have to have, you know, faith in the unknown and you have to have positive thoughts because if you have negative thoughts, that's all that you're going to see. And as an entrepreneur or someone that is trying to do something that is, um, you know, changing the future or that is disruptive to, you know, the, um, you know, the industry, you're taking a leap, a leap of faith and you need to have, 
you need to like have the positive uh, reinforcement or else it's just going to be painful. Right. And affirmation is like the law of attraction exactly. where you think positive things such as, you know, college students, when they take a test, you know, think that you're going to get a good grade. But when you're freaking out and thinking you're going to do bad in the in the test, then all you're going to think about is doing bad yep. and not thinking about the right answers. Exactly. And that's what you're going. That is what you're going to manifest. And again, I'm not trying to be like all spiritual and woo woo. Like it is what it is. Um, you know, if you <laughs> like and when I was speaking at at SDSU, I did this uh, little little test where I had everyone close their uh, like um, examine all the uh, things that were brown, I think, in the room, and I and I had I gave them like a minute to do it, and then you know I had them close their eyes, and then I had them list off all the brown things, and everyone, of course, um, you know, being entrepreneurs, they're determined to succeed and, and and do it right. They did it perfectly right, and then I I threw a curveball, and I said, all right, now name the green things in the room, and then. Everyone, they're like, uh, exactly. And your brain can only hold so much information. I don't know the exact numbers. There were some studies on how much information in like megabytes and stuff like that are we being exposed to per day. And our brain can only process so much information. And therefore, there's a lot of information that gets missed or misinterpreted. And if you have a, ne a negative mindset, a cynical mindset, you will only see things in that lens of, of cynicalness and you will miss the positive stuff. So I say what's more intelligent, um, you know, to set yourself up for positivity and maybe it doesn't work out exactly as you hoped or to have this negative mindset and then most likely end up going that route. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that is a for affirmations, uh, V visualization. I tried to take a moment and visualize what I need to get done today. What's on my goals. And I visualize myself achieving those things. Um, another thing that I do, and this is like a bonus uh, for your listeners, I didn't describe this at SDSU, uh, but if you really want to achieve your goals, um, I break them down. I have like high level yearly goals and I break them down into like what I need to get done this month. And then I write a letter to myself as if it was the first day of the next month and I achieved those goals. Um, and I not only just say, you know, what I achieved, but I say what the feeling that I had for achieving those. And, you know, sometimes I say, you know what, it, it was a challenge, but you overcame it. And because you did X, Y, and Z, you feel, um, you know, ecstatic because you did something that you didn't think you can do. And I, and I write a letter to myself. And when I visualize, I visualize, you know, achieving those goals. And again, this is one of the things that's been proven that um, if you can see yourself doing something, you're more likely to do it. Uh, there was, a, I think it was at Stanford or Harvard, one of those big Ivy League schools, and they they took those um, Oculus Rift, you know, those virtual reality machines, and they they took the participants and they did a virtual reality of themselves as an older person, and they showed them in different scenarios. In one of the scenarios, is they showed them poor and and you know. Um, in the state of retirement and not able to retire because they weren't able to save money. And then they asked them, based on what they saw, being able to see themselves as old and poor and whatnot, would, does that change their need to want to save and put away money for retirement? And uh, a good majority of the people said yes. as Because they saw themselves as suffering, it made them want to, to try harder. And so, again, visualization works because your brain, if your brain can't see yourself doing something, it has a hard time believing it. But if, you know, if you, again, use these positive affirmations and 
do visualization techniques, you'll be able, you'll be more able to achieve than the people who don't do it. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I'm saying it, you will have better odds. Now they did do a test on the Oculus Rift where they do a visualization where they're rich versus poor. Um, so for this one that I heard, it was just on trying to get people to save more. And so they showed them, um, you know, it, it showed them in a negative sense. And so this is a, it brings up another point. A lot of times you may hear of, you know, you should create a dream board. You should create, you know, something of all the things that you want. You know, the secret talks about this. Don't get me wrong. These are all really good things. Um, but sometimes I feel we need to have a nightmare board uh, because most people feel that they are motivated by positive, um, positive reinforcement. But truth of the matter is a lot of us, a majority of us are motivated by negative and it has to be the right sort of negative things. You know, I'm not saying the negative, like sometimes we've had coaches or maybe parents or relatives that have said things that are negative in nature that are probably done more harm than good. Uh, what I mean by negative is, um, and I tell someone, if you're having a hard time finding motivation, think of what is the worst that can happen if you do not take the action that you need to take. And that's why that, uh, that Oculus Rift experiment works so well is people didn't want to become poor. They didn't want to become uh, to the state where they're dependent on other people and they, and they couldn't buy medication and they couldn't take care of themselves. It scared them to the point where they said, I need to do something about this. Yeah, and I had like a similar experience when I visited the Philippines a few years ago. And, you know, the other side of my family, my mom's side is poor. And so when I was living with them, it really put me in a different perspective as to cherish what I have now and, and give back. Yeah, exactly. And, and similar things with me as well, where I, again, we only have the perspective that we see right now. And just like if you think back to way, way, way back when, when we thought the world was flat, we thought the world was flat because the only perspective we had was what we saw in front of us. And until someone went out and, and pushed the boundaries, other people didn't think it was possible. That's why world records are being broken now like that we didn't think was possible. But on the flip side is when you get a chance you know, to see someone you know, that is suffering like we're all connected. We're all human. You know, we all have, you know, I like to think that we all have a heart, you know, we all have, you know, emotions and we all care about each other and seeing something like that, especially people that are connected to you in some way, shape or form, you know, it gives you a different perspective. Um, and something that's really important, um, there's a group called Pencils of Promise, and what their mission is, is to raise money to uh, build schools in, in underprivileged countries. And the founder of that that company, the reason why he had the inspiration for that was because he was, I forgot where, I think it was Uganda or something like that. And he saw all of these, you know, these people that were very uh, underprivileged and he, he just, you know, saw that they were just living life, you know, and they didn't have all the necessities that we have, you know, here um, in our first world, you know, scenarios. And he asked them, he said, if you can have anything, you know, one of the little kids, what, what would you have? What would you ask for? And one of the kids said he wished that he can have a pencil so he can write and, and, and learn. And so that like inspired him um, because they didn't have schools. And, you know, there are studies that show that just by going to school, just by finishing school, you have like the odds of you living a, in a happy and fulfilled life go, go up like exponentially. And so, you know, that's was his mission to build schools and, 
you know, in these countries. And so it's a fundraising platform, X, Y, and Z. So again, he wouldn't have had that perspective had he not gone, um, you know, to those countries to do service. Yeah. And it's crazy how you mentioned Pestles of Promise because that organization is actually one of the organizations that I want to work with in the future. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. highly, you know, recommend, um, I did a Pencils of Promise, uh, campaign, uh, when I did a virtual summit, um, in April of this year. Um, and we didn't quite, you know, get close to the 25,000 to build a school, but we, you know, we raised, you know, a couple thousand dollars. And again, you know, compared to some organizations, a hundred percent of the money that is raised goes towards, um, you know, the building schools and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's it's a really good organization. And if you're not familiar with it, I, I highly recommend um, you know that you check it out. They they're doing good work. Awesome. Yeah. So S silence, A affirmation, V visualizations. Yep. Now we are at E. E exercise. And what I mean by exercise, you just need a minimum of. Uh, I think studies show it's like seven minutes. Um, you seven minutes of stimulation. You know, exercise, and it doesn't have to be like crazy weights or anything. It could just be as simple as jumping jacks and push-ups and planks, um, some sit-ups, you know, things like that. Seven minutes of exercise gives you enough uh, dopamine, um, serotonin, uh, you know, the the drugs that your brain produced to, to make you happy and stimulate it and, and be productive. That's all that you need. Um, I'm saying just to get you going, sometimes you just need as little as two minutes, you know, two minutes of jumping jacks, um, you know, some push-ups, some sit-ups, you know, something like that. Again, just to get your heart going um, and it produces some of those happy drugs uh, that get us going. So every day I do a minimum of two minutes, um, depends on the day. I, I do sometimes a little bit more, um, but again, it, it, it's enough to get me going and, and get my day off um, so I don't necessarily need caffeine. Um, you know, I'm not saying I, I go the whole day without getting tired. I'm not a robot, but again, <laughs> I'm just trying to help people get their day off on the right start. Um, in comparison to, you know, some people that spend half the day with the snooze button, um, you know, and then they're you know, by 10 o'clock, they're already dragging. You know, I'm just saying I'm already, I'm already two steps, sometimes 10 steps ahead of everyone else. And if you're an entrepreneur, think about it like this. If you had a 10 step advantage, like how much is that? Like that is, you know, wonders because if you think about ideas, um, I feel like an idea that is a really good idea, it needs to be made. It, it gets planted into as many people as possible. And then it's all about who can, who can execute on that idea, you know, and the best and get it out, get it, you know, get it tested, you know, get it validated. And so if you have like a 10 step advantage over someone else that's not doing these things, you know, that's going to give you, you know, probably just what you need to keep going and, and do the work that you need. Mm. And then exercise. Uh, exercise is E, and then R is reading. So I read a minimum of 10 pages a day. And I, so I don't just, you know, I read, I look at it like this. I, I look at the goals that I want to achieve this year. And then I look at the skills that I need to, to acquire those goals. And then I find the books and the audios that I need to get that knowledge. Again, I, I tell you, like I went to, you know, I went to the Art Institute and a lot of the things that I learned were are obsolete now. Uh, but what I learned was, which um, your listeners are learning as well, is how to learn um, and, and how to, you know, keep growing. I, I believe very strongly that you're either growing or you're dying. And um, so I'm all about developing myself. And if you think about it, if you read a minimum of 10 pages a day, every day, that's 3,650 pages in a year. 
And think about how many books that is. That's a ton of books. Exactly. And you don't have to buy them all on Amazon. You know, go old school. There's a thing called a library. You know, check them out. Um, but the whole, Go to audiobooks. I know, audiobooks. Um, you know, I listen to, you know, I have a 45-minute commute. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. Um, see, the thing is a lot of people make excuses. They say, I don't have time to read. Uh, but the if you want to get ahead of your competition, most people don't read. Um, I read um, who was it? Mario Cubans. He had a little book on how he was successful. And he said the reason why he was as successful as he did is he took time to read and he took time to get better. Uh, he was in, he sold uh, computer parts. And the reason why he was so successful was he read the instruction manuals. No one read the instruction manuals. So he automatically seemed smarter than everyone else. Hmm, and the thing is people don't read. So if you have this drive to be, to be better than average, to be awesome, to, put something out that's going to change the world, take a moment, you know, to read uh, from the people that have already done awesome things and, and find out what made, you know, what makes them tick and, you know, what they learned and how they failed and try to avoid those things. Because I believe very strongly that you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. And that's not necessarily just people, like as in physical form, that's books, um, you know, that's social media, that's everything. Um, so if you want to be successful, if you want to be a genius, how about you go find the people that you're inspired by and go read their biographies? Uh, for a while this year, I, I, I read the biographies of, of the people that I was inspired by. So Jim Henson, uh, Steve Jobs, uh, Walt Disney, um, Mark Cuban, like uh, just to name a few. And again, a minimum of 10 pages, most likely I read more. But if you think about it, 10 pages is just enough that you f you feel confident that you can do that every day. If I were to say you should read a chapter every day, your brain's going to be like, oh, I don't think I have enough time. I got a lot going on. You will probably, your brain and your body will fight you and you will not have the willpower to do it because willpower is just like a gas tank. You only have so much willpower in a day and when it depletes, it depletes. So this is hacking your brain. If you make it small enough that you feel confident that you can do it and like, oh, this is easy, I, I can do it. And then you do it. And then when you're done, you're like, yeah, I could have probably read more. You will continue to do it. And, and then you get better. Yeah, and then for me, like I live down in Chula Vista. And so it takes me like 30 minutes to 45 minutes to get to school. And I kept hitting myself in the head, like why am I wasting so much time driving? And then you, I could spend time to do something else like that's further me in my life. And so I figured out audiobooks and listen to audiobooks during traffic. I mean, I look forward to traffic now. Like every week I, I read at least one book or listen to at least one book. Right? So Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so again, it's one of those things of of having a fresh perspective. Is is like, you know what? I some people could say, Man, I'm wasting my life away in traffic. I said, No, actually that's my Zen time. That's when people can't get a hold of me. That's when I, I'm listening to audiobooks. I and I don't just listen to audiobooks. I, I find you know, personal development tapes. Like I, I listen to some audios. I say tapes like a like I'm a tape player. <laughs> <laughs> They're all on my on my iPhone. But um, you know, I listen to different programs on persuasion, on sales techniques, on how to be a better marketer. I've listened to like I listen to them time and time again um, to the point where I can recite them and then they become part of me. And then this is one thing that I will highly recommend. And I just learned this. So this is like fresh for me and I'm, I'm implementing this. Um, so if you read something or if you listen to something, a lot of times we tend to be overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, that was so good. But there's so many things. Try to find 
the three big high-level POV, like ahas from that book, and then try to implement one thing right away. Hmm. And if you do that uh, consistently, you will get better. And that's a really good tip. Like I've been sort of doing that, but I never had something to really point to, to like, oh yeah, this is exactly what it is. Like anytime I read a book about like something like Steve Jobs did or Walt Disney did, I was like, oh, wow, that's so cool. But I, I sort of like um, unintentionally did it because it became who I am. I was so fascinated and everything. And I did all this sort of back end research on it. And then I found that I became like, it was so crazy. My wife says, wow, when you read a book, you get so into it that you sort of become like them, which is kind of weird in a, you know, but like, I don't know. Like I said, you're the average of the five people you surround yourself with. But this is, I learned this today. Um, and it's, and it's, it puts a really good point on it. Like when you read a book, what are the three, um, sort of high level, uh, principles or, or techniques or, or tips or, or ideas that the book cover and what is one thing that you can implement right now and and then do it and and don't worry about being good at it because you're not <laughs> in the beginning <laughs> but just do it and and continue to do it right i really like those books that at the end of the chapter they have like this call to action right? where they give you an action step to do after reading that chapter exactly like i, I think it was um i believe it was a four-hour work week where it tells you to go out in a busy street and just lay down there, just lay down on the floor and just see what happens. That's a that's what that's one of the action steps. Yeah, that was a really good one. And uh, as an entrepreneur, um, overcoming rejection and the fear of rejection is a big thing. And there's a thing called rejection therapy, where you like if you put yourself in situations to be rejected, you um, you actually get better at taking rejection. Um, I did a workshop once, and one of the sort of homework that they had to do. It was a six-week workshop. And one the one week, they had to go out and ask people to take selfies with them. But the whole point is to get rejected. And it's a different perspective of looking at it because if I were to just go out and say, hey, try to get as many selfies as possible, you're subconsciously going to pick the people that you think will say yes. And that's not helping any. I want you to get better at being rejected because then you become more accustomed to it and think about it. If you're more, if you're in sales and you're more accustomed to being rejected because that's what's going to naturally happen, you're going to make more phone calls and you're going to actually, as a result, make more sales. So I told them, find the people that look like they're going to reject you. Those are the people you should be going after. And the cool thing, and I, I, I challenge anyone who's listening to this to, you know, to do it. You know, go out for a week and try to, um, try to get you know seven uh, selfies, and you know what's going to happen is one or two things. One, you're going to either get a selfie with someone, or two, you're not. But when it doesn't, you know, you need to tell yourself, you know what, I didn't get a selfie, and that's okay. You're like, it's just all about the rejection, and you'll find that in the beginning, it may be a challenge, and especially after you get that first rejection, it may sting a little bit, just like with anything. But after that, you'll actually get some drive to like you know what, this is not as bad as I thought. And especially, you'll probably find that a few people that you really, because the goal is to find people that are probably going to reject you. And when they don't, you're actually going to be surprised. Hmm. You know what, I'll throw this challenge out there. See see how many of my listeners do it. Yeah, I'm serious. Like, try yeah. to, and it's fun. Like, it's, you know, and, and don't try to pitch them. Just like, you know, just go and like, hey, uh, can we take a selfie together? You know, like, why? I'm just, I'm just, just, because. just because. Again, in, in the four-hour work week, you know, Tim Ferriss, when I think he was 
getting people like he said go out and get someone's number like you know and he's like you know um and even if you're married or something like that like like the whole point is just the act of asking like when you're done you can just throw it away or anything like that and again it's just getting you used to putting yourself out there no i love it so um so that is our um and then the last one oh sorry yeah our and the last one scribing or journaling so at a minimum what i do is i now i write a lot more but i started by just writing three things that i was grateful for for the previous day and again it's just training you to see the good things in life. And after a while, like you'll get through all the regular things like, oh, I'm grateful for my wife and I'm, I'm grateful for this. And then you really have to start looking, um, you know, and then you'll find, you know, sometimes you'll get a lot of repeats. But again, when you start looking for the things that you are, um, you're, that brings you joy in life, you don't have time to see the negative things. And think of that as an entrepreneur, um, what would be beneficial for your your company, you know? Uh, seeing the the good um, and the potential opportunities, or to see why something won't work. I mean, seeing why something won't work, try to make it better. Well, yeah, well, exactly. So if you if you're looking at the positives, but like you're trying to make things better, like a lot of times, and my mom used to say this all the time. Like I I have to worry. I worry because I'm a mom. I'm worried because I care. But the thing is, if you're worrying all the time, you're gonna th- you're gonna think that everything's all about doom and gloom. And you're going to potentially miss an opportunity for something good to happen because all that you see is negativity. Mm-hmm. And so, so stay positive. Exactly. And, and like I said, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, you know, um, everything sunshine and rainbows. Um, and in fact, there's a book called The Happiness Advantage. Uh, gentleman, his name is Sean Acor. Um, he talks about the benefits of 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 positive thinking, and he says it's not. You know, we're not trying to be ro- like a person with, you know, uh, rose-colored glasses. We're saying we're trying to have rose-tinted glasses. Like, you know, it's one thing to be realistic about things, but a lot of times people are cynical and negative by default. And in fact, all humans are like that because back in the old days when, you know, there were saber-toothed tigers and, and we lived outside, you had to be. Because if you weren't, like, skeptical and, and you know, worried about what's going to hurt you, you will end up dead, that's just how it was. Uh, but the truth of the matter is our brains haven't evolved to today's environment and there's not something that is really going to hurt us. And, and yes, you need to be vigilant and say, like, you know, say, you know, say aware of things, but at the, at the end of the day, we are safer, you know, um, than, than most people. There were studies on this that, yeah, yes, the news really, um, emphasizes all the like, doom and gloom, um, in the world, but think about it. They need ratings because they're backed by advertisements. So they, you know, what are the things they're going to get people amped up the most, uh, which is unfortunate. They don't talk about all the good things in life. Um, and so as a result, people think that things are probably more worse off than they are. Um, and someone like Tim Ferriss, uh, he actually says he advises people stay away from the news. And, and I personally do that as well. Uh, I don't watch a lot of news. Um, I'm very specific on the types of news that I watch. Um, if it's not going to serve me, I, I choose not to watch it. And a lot of times people say, you know, they say, well, if I don't listen to the news, how am I going to stay informed? Well, anything that I need to know because of my network and the people I network with and surround myself with, I know. I end up finding out. Um, and so, again, I discussed earlier that your brain can only hold so much information. So I am very conscious about what I stuff myself with. 
Wow. Tons of Valiant Savers. Yeah. So let's review it again. So silence, yep. affirmations, mm -hmm. visualizations, yep. exercise, reading, and scribing. That's it. Boom. Every day. Now, the Hacker Nation, like in the beginning, you know, this, this is a habit, you know, savers. I mean, like Gary said, it took him 30 days to actually see results. So, you know, keep going. It's like pushing a boulder down a hill. Like it's going to be hard in the beginning, but as you keep going, as you push that boulder off the top, then, you know, it's downhill from there. Yep, exactly. You know, and yeah. pretty soon it'll, it'll move itself and you don't have to yeah. try. Exactly. Now we're not entering the final questions of an interview. And these are the tools that you would recommend that would help our listeners rise to their feet and get started. So what is one favorite tool that you use in your business? One tool that I use all the time is Evernote. Um, Evernote is like, I, I keep everything in Evernote. Um, I have um, notebooks that I have for ideas. I try to jot down any idea that comes to mind. If I'm in the car, like it has an audio function uh, where you can, um, you know, sort of speak into your phone. Um, it, there's uh, a plugin for Chrome and Safari and Firefox where if I see an article, boom, I'm just going to clip it. Um, it. I can email stuff to Evernote. So if I need to remember it for later, it just has everything. And I have a really good system um, that's a bunch of notebooks and tags that allows me to keep everything because I read something recently that says if you can get all, like the thing that holds people back is they have everything in their head. So we need to get that stuff out so we can make room for more stuff. So Evernote allows me to be structured. So that's a tool that I use all the time. So if you're not using Evernote, I highly recommend using Evernote. Uh, you don't necessarily have to use Evernote, but if you have a system for capturing ideas and being able to capture it across all devices, I highly recommend using that. Yeah, and it's just like doing a brain dump every now and then. Yep, exactly. You read like 10 pages a day, so you've read tons of books. Correct. Now, what is your favorite book? Oh, my gosh. Um, it's hard to pick my favorite book, um, but I have some favorite books of the moment. Um, you mentioned one, For Our Work Week. Um, it, that is the book that got me hungry to want to start my own business, and, and it really demystified the whole thing about starting a business. I highly recommend um, that, but since you talked about it, I'm – not going to include that one. Um, you know, some of the books recently, and I talked about how Elrod's book, Miracle Morning, so I'm not going to talk about that. We already mentioned that one. Um, what's another book? Um, oh, recently, because I've been really studying about creativity and how you can really enhance your creativity. So a book that I really love is, is called Creativity Inc. And it is the book about Pixar and how Pixar came to be, but more importantly, how, what is their process of, of sparking like, uh, creativity and how do they create hit after hit after hit? Um, so it's one of those things where whether you're into, you know, making movies or entertainment or just trying to think of a good idea, the process works. And so I highly recommend it's a, it's on audible. It's, you can get it on Amazon. I'm pretty sure it's in the library. Uh, creativity Inc is a really good book that I highly recommend uh, that people should, should uh, add to their library. Nice. Now, after going through all of the failures, all of the successes you've had thus far, what is one startup life hack you've discovered that you can share with our listeners? Um, I, I feel a really good life hack is to fail quickly, fail often. And it's one of those things where you have to put aside your ego um, because we don't have crystal balls. We don't know what the future is going to hold. And the best entrepreneurs are the ones that take risks, but they're calculated risk. And they put their ego aside to know when it's 
working or not working. And sometimes it's all about making little shifts. Uh, you know, um, for example, you know, starting Tower 33 uh, with three of my buddies, we, you know, this last year we've made tons of shifts where if we would have kept going down the same route, um, whether it be uh, working with specific clients or doing specific campaigns with clients, we would have been out of business. But it's quickly, you know, identifying and knowing where we're going. So we have a map, we have a vision, we have a route, uh, but just knowing that things may come up and we may need to shift. But at the end of the day, we still have the same vision and we're still making progress. Um, but we know that if it's not working because we have very specific milestones or key performance indicators that we're trying to hit, um, that we're going to we're going to change course. And I think all entrepreneurs need to do that because a lot of times our egos get in the way and we're afraid to say that our baby's ugly or our idea is not good. But the <laughs> get that out of the way, uh, the better. Yeah, I definitely agree. Now, what's the best way we could follow you in case you want to know more about, you know, Gary Ware and all the cool stuff that you're doing? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm on Twitter. Uh, I respond pretty quickly on Twitter, um, at Gary Ware, um, on Facebook, LinkedIn, all by the same name. Um, you know, if you're uh, looking to follow us at Tower 33, we're at Tower 33 Digital. And then um, I do, if, if you're in the San Diego area, uh, I put together a, a meetup group called Recess San Diego because... Um, as adults, we forget what it's like to be a kid and to play again. And so we do a lot of really cool stuff, um, you know, that is based um, on the spirit of improvisation. In fact, um, in December, I'm not sure when this is going to come out, but we're going to do a, um, it's a flash mob where we're going to sing some Christmas carols at Horton Plaza and we played in the park and stuff like that. So if you're on meetup.com, you just look up Recess San Diego. Nice. So thank you, Gary, for being a guest on my show. We appreciate your time and wisdom. But here at Startup Life Hacks, we have a saying to help motivate our listeners who are on this entrepreneur journey, that it's okay to fail and it's okay to struggle. So let's close by reminding Hacker Nation what our motto is and say it with extreme enthusiasm. All right. Stay positive and keep grinding. Yes. Thanks, Gary. No, thank you, Ramel. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today on Startup Life Hacks. Everything that we talked about today, the tools, the books, and also how to get in touch with Gary are included in our show notes page at startuplifehacks.com. And if you like what we're doing and have a couple minutes to spare, show us your love and support by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. We've made it super easy. Just go to startuplifehacks.com slash subscribe. Gary gave away some extreme value bombs for you today using the acronym SAVERS, which stands for silence, affirmations, visualizations, exercise, reading, and finally, scribing. This is something that everyone can start doing right now if you haven't already done so. Spend the first 60 minutes of your day doing these things and you can see a significant improvement in your productivity. I've actually implemented these techniques into my morning routine and it's a great way to start off your day on a positive note. And speaking of a great way to start off, I've teamed up with Derek Haney of Splash OPM to give you guys a chance to join a mastermind session with Derek and yours truly. Contest ends January 4th, so let's start off the new year right by helping you move forward with your life and business goals. Just go to startuplifehacks.com giveaway to find out how to win. One last thing, during my talk with Gary, we talked about getting out of your comfort zone. Now I'm throwing this challenge out there to all of my listeners. Go out and take a selfie with seven high profile people that you wouldn't normally take a selfie with and we'll feature you on our website and social media. I'll be doing this as well. It'll be interesting and fun to see what people come up with. 
post a comment on this week's episode letting me know that you're doing the challenge. And Hacker Nation, don't forget, stay positive and keep grinding.